Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Each week we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam and our fellow Walkerologist, Mr. Bob Leahy. What's new, guys? <laughs> Not much, dude. Doing good, doing good. Excellent. We'd like to thank you all for joining us as we revisit Chuck Norris's action-packed primetime piece de resistance. Today, we'll recap and review Season 9, Episode 5, The Winds of Change, in which Walker must find a diabolical mastermind known as the Chairman, who hacks into the federal database and begins assassinating a list of undercover agents. But first, join us as we pull up a bar stool at CD's Bar and Grill. Oh, man. This place hasn't changed at all since the last time we were in here. It hasn't changed since, like, 2002. (laughs) Well, the one thing that has changed was uh, what's on tap. This week, uh, CD has served us up an orange wheat from Tailgate Brewery in Nashville, Tennessee. As described in the Bar and Grill Summer Draft menu as an American wheat ale with a soft, creamy body and loads of all-natural orange flavor. Now, I've heard that Chuck Norris can pick an apple from a lemon tree and make the best orange juice you've never tasted. But I think he'd be hard-pressed to craft such a brew. Let's check this one out. I'm going to try to pour this That sounded real the... nice. Let's get that drizzle all over my keyboard. Yeah, this is... this. Would this be a, a workplace-related hazard, or...? No, I don't think so. Yeah, CD's a professional. I still tell the story of... Adam, your Fender, what's that, a deluxe or whatever? The oh, yeah. That you poured the beer into at the Worthen? Yeah, it was. I think it was at the courtyard, right? It was at the courtyard. I thought it was at the Worthen, but whatever. And Either I way, had, it just <laughs> had a tall boy PBR, and I always used to keep it like a roll of gaff tape on top of my amp because, you know, that's like the perfect drink holder. Well, somehow the beer spilled and then poured the whole tall boy down the input jack of my Fender Deluxe amp. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard about this, Evan, did you? No. That, that's how the whole top faceplate was rusted out. Huh. So we, we were on set break at the time, and I'm like, it wasn't working. And I'm like, crap. So I had this road case that had a foam bottom. So I literally turned it upside down, unplugged <laughs> it. We took a little set break, and then, uh, you know, came back, and it worked. It had some new tone. Yeah. Now, was that was that a uh, solid state or a tube amp? Oh, tubes. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is right there. That's custom mods that you cannot buy. That's no. the, that's the, uh, the blue ribbon Fender <laughs> amp? Yeah, it's the uh, blue ribbon amp mod. Well, I'll tell you what, this is better than Pabst Blue Ribbon. I'll tell you that right <laughs> off the bat. And that's nothing that's... against Pabst Blue Ribbon. I got a few in the fridge right now. <laughs> that's true. This thing was uh, shipped all the way from Nashville and still uh, still came up all right. I never really got into wheat beers, but I think yeah. because I've been so bombarded by other fancy IPAs and all that stuff, I've gotten more into them lately. This is good. I like it. Wheat beers are definitely my jam. Yeah, it's to me they're kind of like IPAs. Like I can do one or two of them, and I'm like, yeah, it's a good a good change up. Easy drinking summer drink. This is this one hits the spot for sure. This is pretty good. Well, I was going through the uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and Chuck Norris news this week, and Walker's mother turned 99 this year. That's pretty amazing. Hmm. He's 80. So I still but, have a hard uh, time believing he's 80. I do too, but um, this was amazing. i got to share this with you guys here. I'm going to do a screen share. Walker, Texas Ranger house for sale. I'm looking at it right now. It was on Forbes. 
dot com. Slow so. news week? Not really. <laughs> I guess that maybe gives an idea of how expensive it is. There's a Zillow listing actually that I have there too. A million two or a million three, really. Apparently, there's like a home theater, and the residence was heavily featured in the popular TV show Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, it's a Dallas uh, compound there, and they have a media room, a three car garage, and in one of the articles, they have like a studio out back where they actually worked on some Walker stuff. I was wondering. If the pool was the one where the old guy falls into, you know the one in the wheelchair that we haven't we haven't watched yet. But <laughs> this seems like it's just kind of a general mansion. I wouldn't be surprised if they used it in most most uh, of the episodes. bad guy scenes or something. Yeah, seventy three hundred yeah. square feet, nine bathrooms, four bedrooms. But check out that swimming pool here. If we can, get yeah, that. it looks it looks like it could have been. <laughs> it looks like the swimming pool where the bad guy sends his grandfather into the swimming pool in a wheelchair and he falls in. <laughs> That's what that looks like. We'll have to confirm that at a later date when we watch that episode. But For those listeners out there who are uh, looking for a way to spend their stimulus money, you know, maybe you could uh, look at this Zillow listing here. You um, need to move the decimal point three places on your stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it is so it's 6512 Meadow Creek Drive in Dallas, Texas, if you guys want to look that up on uh, Zillow. You know, guys, so. I'm willing to quit my job and any uh, you know social relationships I have just to move into this place with you guys and continue this podcast. What do you say? Um, well, according to the uh, <laughs> estimated payment, it would only be $7,430 a month. So that's nice. assuming we have a 20% down payment. Let's you not know. assume that. R- yeah. Rates are low, bro. <laughs> rates are low. Yeah. They're the lowest they've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's and the true. economy's now- coming back. Now's the time to buy. You know, so. if this is 2007, we probably would have been able to get that loan. <laughs> That's true. We, we could have we lived in it for a month and had a really great time. Yeah, yeah. they have a, like a home theater we could watch all the episodes in. Oh, man. That's true. We could only watch episodes that featured this house, though. Bob and I tried out a new feature of the service Plex for anyone using that out there. It's a great media server that you can create for your digital media and you can actually watch movies with your friends across the country and watch it in real time and it all syncs up and that's how we watched this episode this week pretty cool yeah it was cool so we were able to text back and forth a bit which i haven't revisited those texts yet but i'll definitely be pulling those in because there was some uh, good stuff <laughs> oh yeah that's gonna serve for my notes for this episode <laughs> i probably would have tuned in as well but my basement was flooding so how did that go by the way uh, I don't know. We've got uh, three dehumidifiers and a bunch of fans running down there. And they keep getting full tanks of water, so that's good. It's not clear how much water is under the subfloor down there, but um, we're just going to kind of ride it out. All right. I can only imagine what kind of basement Walker's Mansion has. All right. Well, now that we've warmed our seats and uh, oranged our wheat, we're fixing to dig <laughs> into this week's episode. If you're watching along at home and don't want any spoilers... Hit pause and watch Season 9, Episode 5, The Winds of Change, and come right back to us. Oh, welcome back. Well, let's dig in, boys. This episode originally aired in November of 2020. I believe it was November 4th of 2020. Or, oh, jeez. God damn it. <laughs> November 4th, 2000. There you go, yeah. In the year 2000. Let's say in it that In the year one. 2000. <laughs> in the year 2000. 
Well, suffice it to say, it looks like this was ripped out of the cutting room floor of a horrible action flick. It's a prime example of late period Walker, Texas Ranger, where everyone looks like they were an outcast from Ocean's Eleven. This last season, the camp factor is up to like 11. (laughs) The the best thing about camp is the actors play it serious. That's true. It's like almost a farce at this point. It is. Yeah, there are several (laughs) parts of this that are completely and totally unbelievable and... And awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bob would never like... When we were texting back and forth, he was like, this is like a different show. The production quality was way up. I say that like, (laughs) it was way up, technically speaking, not like (laughs) artistically speaking, but... They moved the limbo bar up like two inches. Yeah. They got more money, and they didn't spend it on writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the same time, for a twisted web of a plot that this episode is, it actually breezed by. Yeah, yeah, it felt pretty quick. The first thing we see is the skyline of Chicago, and you know, across the bottom of the screen, uh, it says Chicago, so we know it's Chicago, and we see inside what appears to be a really cheap knockoff of the Batcave. (laughs) <laughs> where there is like one computer and the screen's image is projected on the wall. I guess we're supposed to see random boxes flashing over a screen and think that, you know, something's really getting done there. But it's clearly a link of like six images of different colored boxes on a Windows screen just looping. And then it pans over and you see this squirrely guy typing as fast as he can uh, <laughs> gibberish on a keyboard. Who looks over his shoulder But to my surprise, from perhaps my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger film, Total Recall, is the main henchman from that film, Richter. Oh, so excited to see that. (laughs) This guy's like the quintessential bad guy of the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was in Starship Troopers, Total Recall, Scanners, Top Gun. That's a pretty good front page for your IMDb, I'd say. Give him a shout out, man. Michael Ironside, man. He's just holding it down. He clearly establishes himself as the mastermind behind uh, whatever the heck is going on on this guy's computer screen. And he mutters to his little sidekick, get the clients online after the sidekick says that he's hacked in. So on the big screen, instead of the random programs just opening and closing, we get... What looks like, it looks very familiar these days. It's just like the world's largest Zoom of the FBI's most wanted people. So all these boxes show up on the screen, and they're all like these criminal masterminds in different cities. Bob and I texted back and forth. It was the Zoom call from hell. Yeah, it hit a little close to home, too. Yeah, it's like, wow, really weird. I spend so much time on Zoom these days, and now I'm watching a Walker, Texas Ranger episode from 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, Walker, Texas Ranger is kind of like Star Trek, how they kind of invented this technology that inspired real tech people to create it. So I would definitely credit Zoom to Walker, Texas Ranger, but that's just yeah. me. So it becomes pretty clear upon the onset of this Zoom that uh, the chairman tells everyone who he is. Although he does have some pretty sweet Zoom tech where it blurs out his face and distorts his voice. I haven't encountered a filter like that on Zoom yet. But it I'm actually kind of reminded me of your shitty uh, webcam. <laughs> that's so true. Like, this is uh, a real bad webcam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he was using. So. And talk through a kazoo. I think that would do it. <laughs> 
yeah, at first I was like, they see him. How do they not know who he is? But then they showed it from their end, and it was all like anonymous uh, creeper online kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was like blurred out like a boob, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so the chairman tells all these crime lords that he's basically... He doesn't tell them that he hacked into the FBI database, but he tells them that he knows all of the information and that he can basically cover their butts. And no one believes him, of course. And so he decides to uh, prove the merchandise by telling one of the crime lords that the guy standing behind him is actually an FBI agent with a wire. Um, Which, you know, seems to appeal to a bunch of them, except for one guy, Cardoza. Cardoza is played by the Geico guy. <laughs> is he oh, man, that was him? Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever starred in a Walker, Texas Ranger episode? Did you know calling Geico can save you 15% or more on car insurance? So Cardoza says something along the lines of, I can take care of my own backyard and signs off. But not until after the chairman tells him that a senator in Texas is having a task force meeting to take him down. And so he signs off really quickly, like he already knew that was going to be happening. But everybody, including the audience, knew that he was just being like, oh yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> it's a drug lord 101. You know? Drug lord posturing. Show no yeah. weakness. <laughs> For a cool 15 mil, they get some serious protection. Yeah, sure. He's offering his services in Intel for $50 million. But if you don't play ball with him, as we see with Cardoza here, he's going to cause some trouble for you. This is clearly a sign of not 2020 tactics, but the year 2000 tactics. Um, If this happened in modern day, he definitely charged them a subscription fee instead of a one-time flat rate payment. You got to get that recurring revenue. So yeah, he tries to make things pretty difficult for people. We now know that Cardoza's going to be trying to take care of this meeting. Cut to an awkward scene between Walker and Alex, (laughs) where Alex informs him that she'll be meeting someone she respects very much, who's a female senator in Texas. And she asks Walker for advice. He says he doesn't like talking to politicians, which, you know, great acting on Chuck Norris's part, because... Chuck Norris does a lot of promotion of different politicians in his latter years. I definitely saw him jamming with, like, Mike Huckabee when I was Googling Chuck Norris, so... What do you mean, when you were Googling Chuck Norris? Like, your daily <laughs> Google of Chuck Norris? Or? Oh, man, I mean, you know, what do you do when you wake up? I mean, I Google Chuck Norris, but I'm you know, just clarifying. Dude, I would just say, you know, I'd rather be looking for Chuck Norris than him looking for me. Words to live by, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty wise. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a classic example of Walker or Alex or someone on the crew being totally in the wrong place at the wrong time. So now we know that Cardoza's coming to take down this meeting that Alex is going to be at. But does Walker know about it? No, not until the chairman decides to send out an anonymous tip to the Texas Rangers. And uh, the chairman tells his coding lackey, he says, hey, I think we should thwart Cardoza's attempt to kill the senator who we just told him is hot on his heels to show him that our intel is supreme and then maybe he'll pay us. He's kind of like this weird dynamic between the chairman's hacker, who's probably at least half his age. He dresses in like the most like late 90s garb. It's unbelievable. It's like when the 70s were cool again in the 90s 
it was like the 90s interpretation of the 70s. That's what this guy's look was. Yeah, he's and, like a knockoff Seth Green. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he was like. He's like, can you do this? And the hacker's like, of course, I'm the master. And he has this weird, like, grin. <laughs> and you kind of almost get this sexual tension between the chairman and this hacker as if he's like his Igor trying to please him. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple scenes where it... It takes a little too long to cut away from the two of them. <laughs> yeah, that lingering yeah. pause is just like, uh, <laughs> get it over with already. Kiss the guy. It's true. I don't know what's going on. Well, speaking of kisses, uh, Walker plants one on Alex. Pretty hot and steamy here. Now, Alex is asking his advice on how she should interact with a senator. He puts on his characteristic Walker charm and humor, of course, and says, well, if I meet someone I respect, I just probably would say, hi, nice to meet you. And, you know, Smooth. Alex, of course, laughs at this because it's hilarious. And uh, <laughs> then Walker awkwardly gets up and he says, well, if she's a beautiful young lady, then uh, I might say something like, what luscious lips you have. And then he plants one on her super heavy. Yeah, he didn't even huff and puff. I mean, no, he didn't ask yeah. for consent either, I might yeah. add. And, uh, of course, at this point, I guess they're married? He's wearing yeah. a ring, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, and mm. she clarifies that later in the episode. Oh, that um, is true, yeah, yeah. So this is after the wedding. But after the steamy kiss, she then puts on her own bluster and says, Whew, I can breathe now. I think it was at that moment that I realized it was a romantic scene. I'm sure if we were watching them in order, we'd realize they're just in the honeymoon phase. And that's okay. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the few plot lines in the whole series <laughs> that actually matters, but doesn't really matter at all. So she goes off to a meeting, and at this point, Walker is sitting in the office with Trevette, and Trevette's computer starts buzzing and uh, yeah. making some strange noise. <laughs> it's like emergency <laughs> alert system. Right, right. Yeah. It's some windows flashing that says alert, alert. Yeah. yeah, and he was closing out all his porn windows as fast as he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You saw the panic in his eyes. <laughs> Walker's like, what's going on on your computer? And Trevette's like, my Texas Ranger alert system's going off. They get an anonymous tip that Cardoza's about to take out this two o'clock meeting of the senator. And Trevette's like, isn't Alex at that? And Walker's like, yeah. And so he tries calling Alex. She doesn't pick up. And instead of everyone stopping and saying, this is an anonymous tip that may or may not be legit. <laughs> Walker goes, get a chopper. We're going. <laughs> he also waits two rings before deciding she's not going to pick up. Maybe a ring and a half. He's like, yeah. she's not picking up. Let's go. Yeah, that's kind of like crazy boyfriend territory when you like, like oh, I don't know. She might be with somebody else. Get the chopper. Hey, man, once again, honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> Trust issues, man. Trust issues. <laughs> So, yeah, Cardoza's men, they get into their own helicopter and take off. And Cardoza's woman's all like, where are they going, baby? Just going to do some target practice. These bad guys arrive, and how easy is it for them to get into this building? They clip to a shot of the bad guys in a helicopter, and they're all, like, making sure their Uzis are all fully stocked with ammo, checking all their clips. And then they oh, yeah. land on the roof. 
And they're all in like late 90s suits that are way too big for them. And they all start just rushing the door. Apparently, (laughs) you know, like the guard was going up there for a cigarette break or something. He's about to walk out the door to the roof. And he gets rushed by like four guys with Uzis and just gets mowed down. And of course, the reaction's like... Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Super super (laughs) slow-mo. At which point we flash to Walker and Trevette, who have commandeered a helicopter based on an anonymous tip that may or may not be true. Once you see them in the helicopter, you know the bad guys are already in the building, and you see Walker and Trevette in the helicopter, you know what's going to happen, right? So (laughs) it becomes very clear that they're going to somehow break through the window. Of a sky rise. Yeah, of a sky rise. Yeah, this is like, you know, 40th floor. It looked very high. Um, So once they kind of step out on the rails of the side of the helicopter... My eyes lit up and I was I was thrilled because up to this point in the episode, I was kind of like, what is this show? This isn't the same. This is like CSI or something. The production is different. I'm like, but once this happened, I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, I mean, keeping in mind that we're going directly from season four to season nine. It was cult- some culture shock on my part. I was, I, was just, was I didn't know what to think of it. But at this moment, I knew where I was and I felt good about it. Of course, they had attached some sort of ropes to the helicopter. Dude, and it was they, like twine. Know, Indiana Jones swing right down and through the window. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly clear if the rope is even attached to anything. It's probably no, not. They're not wearing any harnesses, and nah. he and Trevette are on each side of the helicopter on the legs on the outside, holding like a clothesline. And they use that clothesline, presumably, because the way it's edited, the helicopter approaches the building, and then you see both of them crash through the conference window on the 40th floor. And you're like, they swung through that window and broke the glass with a clothesline. But you don't even have time to think, because the moment they hit the floor, they start just kicking the shit out of the goons. Yeah, they're just roundhouse kicking like crazy. It's pretty awesome. The whole thing is like one sound effect, because once one punch ends, the next one starts. So it was kind of just like rat-a-tat-tat punch sound effects. So the bad guy's entrance is pretty epic. The senators are just finishing up their meeting with Alex and talking about how they're going to take down Cardoza. And the senator says, and remember, together we stand. Divided we fall. And just as she says fall, the security guard falls through the door as these bad guys come rushing in. (laughs) With Uzis. Yeah. And I would, like, at this point, (laughs) I wasn't thinking, oh, Walker and Trevette are going to smash through the window. And and I guess that, I don't guess. I know that's ignorance on my part now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man, it's like maybe, you know, someone's going to get shot in this and then the stakes are going to be raised or something. Earlier, Walker would have taken that situation and created a plot for the whole episode where they're being held hostage and and Walker has to go in and get them. Yeah, or like Alex is shot and she's in a coma and they have to visit the purple wing of the hospital again and again. Nice nice photos (laughs) on the wall and everything. (laughs) Yeah, but this is a late series Walker that keeps things moving. And they do so by just creating plot threads out of thin air. And I love it. They grab like 50-pound test paracord, then, (laughs) as Bob said, with some skillful editing. They make us draw our own conclusions, which they're very good at. (laughs) And uh, we assume that they swing from the helicopter, boom, straight into the windows, the correct window of the meeting room. (laughs) On the correct floor. (laughs) Exactly. And are immediately ready for action. They just start socking. It's like a a Batman fight. 
a Batman, an old 60s Batman fight. Well, the rope was the same as they use in the 60s Batman, like this thin-ass rope that Batman and Robin are climbing a building on. <laughs> this is all happening pre-first commercial break, pre-anything, so we know that they're trying to get the viewers hooked. And I will say, this fight was kind of vintage Walker, Texas Ranger. It yeah. proves that uh, Walker, or at least his stunt double, he still, still got, got it. it. He still got it, for sure. Did he do any roundhouse kicks, though, in that fight? Walker did three roundhouse kicks in that one. <laughs> I think I was just so in shock from what happened, him and Trevette swinging through the window, that I, it seemed like whiplash, because the fighting was so fast, too, right? And it's it was true. brutal. Like, the sound effects were so over the top. Like I say, it was like a constant punch sound for, like, three minutes. And then the senator, she goes in a measured tone. The senator turns to Walker immediately after this ginormous, ridiculous fight happened, after they busted in through the window with a helicopter. And she goes, nice entrance, Walker. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know how to make an entrance. <laughs> but her tone was so measured. It was just kind of like this stuff happens to her all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I I had jotted down that they definitely kept their cool way too well. Alex like, was probably just like, oh, don't worry about it. Walker's got this. <laughs> right. I've seen him crash through at least 30 windows. This is nothing. <laughs> Yeah, so that was one heck of a way to kick off an episode, right? Yeah, and at that point, the credits roll. How many minutes into the episode? The credits keep going for quite some time in this episode. Probably because that uh, initial sequence was so lengthy. But the credits keep going till 15 minutes and 3 seconds into the episode. (laughs) Pretty epic. (laughs) Wow. So a third of the episode, they're still rolling the credits. That's pretty awesome. Within this scuffle, uh, of course, you know... Even though the bad guys have shot dead two security guards, Walker and Trevette busted through those windows, fist blazing. They took their captives alive. Uh, So they're able to get some information. They know that these guys are probably working for Cardoza, but um, they're unable to confirm this. So uh, Walker then tasks Gage and Sidney, the two young upstarts, to go try a shakedown at a place where they know Cardoza likes to hang out, which is Papa's Brothers Steakhouse. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, let's just say that their shakedown skills really suck. If this were like a vintage Walker shakedown, like three guys would get beat up super hardcore. Then all the information would be right out there in front. But instead, Gage and Sydney, they just sort of tiptoe around the issues, try to intimidate him. But quite frankly, it's not working for me. So it's probably not working for Cardozo. I texted Bob. I said, what the hell was that? Because <laughs> Gage, he, he goes up to one of the henchmen who stops him at the door, steals his gun, but does like some weird trick with the goon's gun that is totally pointless and was kind of like more nerdy than cool. Oh, yeah. So so as we go through these episodes, we're going to see that they actually have cast Gage as a henchman, I think two or three times before he becomes a recurring character on the show. So he's clearly like someone who has some sort of stunt double experience, and they really like to show that off in the show. So if he's got some stupid trick where he can eject the bullets from a gun and catch them in midair, or if he can kick a gun out of someone's hand and then catch it, which he does later in the episode, they like to show that off like he's got some lightning quick reflexes, like that's his superpower. Now Walker's got all those superpowers, but Gage is allowed to have one of them. (laughs) Yeah. 
But notice that in both of them, they edit the scene so that he might catch something, but it's after someone off screen has thrown it to him. I know we hate on Gage and Sydney, and it's really just because they ate up Chuck Norris's screen time, but guy's got skills. I'm going to give it to him there. So, you know, they try to shake down. Doesn't really work. But, you know, it does work. A little bit of slow rolling on the info. So the chairman. <laughs> chairman. <laughs> I like chairman. <laughs> chairman. He's not the chairman. He's he's the chairman. Okay. From here Although on I out. don't know if we ever see him sitting. So maybe I should just call him the chairman. He gives Cardoza another call. Because Cardoza is the only one who hasn't paid him the 15 mil. It's a steal for everybody else. So I don't know why he wouldn't. But yeah. Well, you know, they got in right at the basement level. You yeah. know, they got in ground floor. Um, Cardoza's all like, oh, why are you still calling me? Like, I can take care of myself. And the chairman's like, hey, man, you got a mole. And Cardoza's like, what mole? And he's like, "Mm, I'm not going to disclose any of this information unless you pay up, man. (laughs) Well, rightfully uh, so. And he's like, no, I can take care of things. And the chairman's like, well, if you reconsider, you know the web page. So Cardoza hangs up and then the chairman's computer wizard buddy is like oh this other guy's logged on i guess at this time it was dial up internet so the guy like logged on <laughs> yeah and, and this is the chairman's like lackey hacker guy making those sounds by the way right and then the guy probably typed in http colon slash slash chairman.com <laughs> i think uh, it was on angel fire And and might I add, the DVD description calls the chairman a master hacker when it's not him, it's his lackey. But you got to delegate. I get it. Yeah, he recognized greatness in in his little computer wizard and took him under his wing. So the guy's (laughs) typed in, you know, chairman.homecities.org or something like that or .net. (laughs) This other guy logs in and and he's like, hey, man, I paid the 15 mil. And the, the chairman's like, oh, that's right. Here's some information. This henchman that's who's, who's like your best friend, he's actually not your best friend. He's a DEA agent who's been undercover. And the guy's like, what? How am I going to take care of this? And the chairman's like, don't worry, man. Our services are all inclusive. And then this weird music starts playing. And he points back to this dude and he's like, Lazarus, go get him. And Lazarus is like this, he's like this, this crazy stunt double guy who... Looks familiar because he's been in, like, everything. Also been in multiple Walker, Texas Ranger episodes as different characters before who were of mm-hmm. Asian descent. So he appears in the back room of the chairman's lair, and the chairman's kind of just like, oh, yeah, my ace in the hole is Lazarus. At which point he comes out of the shadows, and typical Walker fashion, the music goes, <laughs> Then a pick scrape down the guitar. Pick scrape. Down into cheater style Albert King guitar riffs. And then what proceeds after this is one of the most amazing montages I've seen in a long time. What first starts off with Lazarus car bombing somebody. Explosion number one. Which was pretty awesome. Then it rolls to Lazarus pulling up at another guy who apparently hadn't paid the chairman. And he takes out two guys with a silencer. (laughs) Then he gets into a fight with a female on a rooftop. And this is probably my favorite, most extreme one. She looks like she's putting up a pretty good, like, kind of kung fu fight, and they're going back and forth. He gets her on the ledge of the building, and then just kind of rolls her off the edge of the building, like, slowly. (laughs) And she goes... log roll. (laughs) 
montage still going and then it flashes to like a public bathroom where a guy is washing his hands and Lazarus just kind of creeps in the door and shanks the guy in the montage it, it was epic all while like cheesy guitar but like the guy's still trying to learn how to play guitar kind of sound is playing over someone going it was awesome. Well, the the montage ends with Lazarus in a car typing into a really clunky looking laptop, like a ThinkPad or something. It's typing some message in to uh, the, the chairman's wizard. And then you clip to the chairman's wizard looking at his computer and grinning and looking up to the chairman and being like, he says all the missions are accomplished. What did we ever do before computers? <laughs> <laughs> so good beware technology listeners very dangerous <laughs> so it's become pretty clear that uh, lazarus just went on a giant killing spree it also becomes clear that upon a visit to walker from a dea agent who says that all his agents are getting killed that there's some sort of information getting leaked out to all these organizations this guy tells walker you know hey man you know i'm worried about the undercover agents that are involved with maybe the cardoza case we know that there's this drug deal going down at this bar. Can you go and break it up so it doesn't look like our inside sleeper agent has uh, been compromised? Yeah, exactly. So Walker's like, yeah, what's the name of the bar? And they're like, it's called The Under Siege. I don't know if this is a <laughs> shout out to the vintage Walker episode, The Siege. I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> the Walker Texas Ranger bar room name generator. <laughs> Hell of a name for a bar, isn't it? Uh, coming soon to uh, the Walker Texas Ranger website. That could very well be happening. All the bars in Walker. I was thinking about this. So there are two shakedowns in this episode. I'd say there's at least one CD bar in each. Not CDs bar, but one CD bar <laughs> in uh, pretty much every Walker episode. Yeah, I think it's worth it to try to take down all of these uh, the names. names. Yeah. And I think we yeah. can come up with a bar generator pretty quickly. You know, I mean, I do Google Chuck Norris every morning, so maybe when you wake up, that's what you can do, Evan. Okay, okay. And I'll let you know if he's coming your way. Please do. I know you're you're on the lookout. So at this point, Sydney and Gage, once again, are engaged in their secret op where Sydney just hangs out in the bar. And she's apparently talking through some sort of earpiece. But And she's dressed like Punky Brewster. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> she does have the overalls. <laughs> yes, I'm, like, I'm like, what is she doing here? She, is she like having a beer in between recess at school or something? What is happening? Yeah, man, it's good for mobility. She's watching all these drug transactions going down inside the bar. And uh, this guy comes over and asks her if she wants a little action. Tries to give her some Coke, I guess. We're not <laughs> yeah. talking Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, to which she says, no, man, not interested. And he's like, you want some action? And she's like, actually, I do like a little action. And then she tries to call in all the guys to come in and bust everything. But there's this awkward moment. And I know the show wants it to be comically awkward, but it mostly was just awkward and weird where she was waiting for everyone to come in and help her out and nothing happened and no one was fighting her but gage but, does eventually get in there and they do trade some uh i think they do a few roundhouse kicks in there oh for sure which are not counted in our roundhouse uh, stats because come on if it's not done by walker it's not going to be in the stats right. guys right let's face it if we didn't count gary Busey's roundhouse kicks then we're not counting gages oh no yeah, no so they basically, they take down this drug operation that's happening in the Under Siege bar. 
And at this point, Cardoza says, enough's enough. I need some help. And so he cracks. And uh, I guess he logs on to the web page, talks with the chairman. And the chairman's like, well, the price has gone up now. You didn't get in at the ground floor. He's good. You know he's a mastermind when he knows to up his rates. Oh, yeah. It's classic, classic tactics. (laughs) <laughs> Cardoza's in, man. And just at the same period of time, the senators are meeting. They're saying, hey, you know, all our DEA agents are getting killed. 25 of them in the last 10 days, which I'd like to think that they would have held this meeting before 10 days had gone by where it was two and a half getting killed every single day. Well, I mean, you saw our government's response to the coronavirus, right? That's true. Okay. But, you know, this was a fictitious uh, government. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it operates a bit more effectively. No, I, I don't think so, because Ronald Reagan is now canon in Walker, Texas Ranger. So That's true. We do briefly see the fake senator poorly photoshopped on a photo shaking hands with Ronald Reagan. Mm. So we know she's on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. This group of senators decides to put together a task force, which, let's face it, if you want to put together a task force for pretty much anything, you want Walker on it. The senator's like, I've got just the guy to head it up, a Texas Ranger named Walker. Yeah, that was seemed like a stretch for me that, you know, the governors just know every Texas Ranger. Well, he did just three days prior bust into a window and save her uh, from goons okay. at gunpoint. Great writing. Great writing. I guess you're right. <laughs> Which, honestly, I don't know why she didn't say that in the meeting. Yeah, because they were like, oh, oh yeah, a hayseed Texas Ranger? I don't want to trust him. She said he literally flew in on a helicopter, <laughs> swung through the window, and took out guys with Uzis with his fists. That's all she would have had to say, and she didn't. So I they know. Were like, they're like, oh, you know what? Just in case we're going to get this New York cop to come in there to kind of work with him. And uh, they kind of worked that deal out to get uh, Sergeant Vincent Rossetti to also join this task force. So the task force is formed. Basically, Walker's called into, I guess, D.C. They show like clips of Washington, D.C., if I remember correctly. So he oh, yeah. literally goes to Dallas to D.C. and back. That's like, you know. It's like a day gone. And this is all when they have the Zoom technology. I don't know what. Anyway, okay. Only now, the bad all, guys have that. Yeah, only masterminds <laughs> have that at that point in time. So he agrees. He says, you know, they're like, oh, you can pick your team and everything. So basically it's the same team. And they finally go to Task Force HQ, which gets written across the bottom of the screen. So the establishing shot for like Task Force <laughs> HQ is like a mall, right? Pretty much where the flags are at half mast. I don't get it, but all right. Uh, yeah, it looks like the entrance to any mall USA. And this is where the task force is. And the task force, once you get into it, it looks like any room from like 24 except with like maybe an eighth of the computers they have in that show. Oh, it, it has, I counted, it has like two computers <laughs> and one of the computers has three monitors. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like completely empty black room that's supposed to be like a secret lair, but, you know, whatever. And then Walker has like his own office. Right, so- <laughs> right. there are like two or three just random offices on the side with no computers or yeah. just a desk in them. Yeah, it was like the Ron Swanson suite is what he had. (laughs) They walk in and and Sydney's all like, man, it's like NASA in here. And Trevette's like, NASA 20 years from now. Trying to lead us to believe that it's pretty amazing. But um, I don't know. At least with the bad guys, like when they were trying to pretend like they had way more firepower, they showed these random shots of like a server room. (laughs) 
like at Google or something that totally wasn't in the same room. They should have done the same thing for Walker's room because it was really lacking. Pretty much. And for those of you who saw any part of the recent SpaceX launch, which was literally NASA 20 years from when that episode was shot... (laughs) Um, way more computers, way more monitors. Come on now. So they're all like kind of settling in. It's Walker, Trevette, Gage, Sydney, and Alex. And Walker is in his office. And word comes out that they have a new guy who's going to come work with them who's a New York cop. And Trevette's like, oh, New York cops are so arrogant and they don't like to work with people. And sure enough, Sergeant Vincent Rossetti, the New York cop, comes in and uh, tries to kind of like take charge of things and kind of bossing Trevette around. And exactly what Trevette said, because Trevette's experienced. He knows. He knows how these like Northeast assholes act. I mean, we should know we're all Northeast assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's one stereotype that this... Um, hey, Evan, I'm going to stop you there. I think I want to be in charge of this task force, okay, buddy? Oh, no. Okay, no, it's all right. That's fine. Hey, right. hey, I'm look, task force in here, all right? <laughs> yeah, look, look. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was picked for this role, and uh, you can take a second seat. Hey, I totally get it. I had to had to just tell you how I feel. Yeah, that was great. He goes in and talk to Walker, and he's got this tough guy, New York attitude. And Walker's basically like, "I think we're going to do it my way." And he's like, "All right, fair enough." And then it immediately diffuses it, and he's like, not arrogant at all for the rest of the episode. It's just normal. His character totally changed personality <laughs> yeah. after talking to Walker once. That's the Chuck Norris acting effect. Yeah. People people come in and they're like, "I'm on Walker Texas Ranger. I'm going to act the hell out of this." Then they actually get a scene with Chuck Norris, and he's like, I don't display any emotion. You should do the same. (laughs) Either he's really good at this, or he's a serial killer. I better back (laughs) away. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of establishes the team and settles Sergeant Vincent Rossetti in for this task force. And Trevette knocks on Walker's door and goes in and says, hey, I'm good at computers. I'm usually your guy uh, who can get random messages off of uh, <laughs> off of off of my AOL chats, uh, but uh, we're gonna need somebody who is a complete hacker to really go up against another hacker. And Walker's like, "Do you have somebody in mind?" And Trevette said, "Yeah, I do." Buzz Lee. Walker's like, "Who is he?" And Trevette goes, "He's a she." Busting gender norms here. So Trevette goes to prison to get this Buzz Lee, who is kind of like a flirty hacker chick. She's like a knockoff Winona Ryder. Or she kind of reminded me of the girl from 24 the first few seasons. Anyway, what happens when uh, Trevette goes to the warden? Once again, being in the right place at the right time here, right. she's she is in hot water with the warden. For pulling quite the prank using a library computer. Mm. This establishes that she's her own computer wizard here. She had pizza delivered to the jail, okay? And she used her computer to open the doors so that they could literally deliver the pizza to her cell. She didn't escape, though, so she's got some morals. She's just more of a prankster. And the warden says, if you do that again... I'm going to send you to the hole. Yeah, it got, got, got real dark there. <laughs> and I'm like, like the, oh, man. It's uh, like, where's this going exactly? Yeah, it was kind of a weird. <laughs> luckily, Trevette busted in right after that and right. was like, hey, I'm going to take her. And he's like, sure, feel free. She's causing a lot of trouble here having pizzas delivered to the inmates and stuff. And she's like, well, hey, whoa, you're not just going to take me. 
Trevette goes, well, if you don't come with me, you're not going to get to use all the latest 1998 Windows technology. Some serious tech. And she smiles in this weird way and goes, okay. And right after this, they go back to the Task Force HQ. Right, and it shows them all hovered around. Alex has got like a stylus, like writing on a writing on this presumably like a tablet, and they're all looking up at this monitor. And all the monitor does is just show random little squares with like twenty five undercover agents killed, deep undercover in prominent crime fam. So like all this is doing is just making these things pop up on a screen. They look like DOS windows. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It it looks like it basically just looks like an overhead projector. Somehow this is helping them. It's, they could just use a whiteboard. There's yeah. nothing going on here. But then it like cuts to Walker and he has some deep thoughts. And then somehow this computer makes him realize what's actually going on. Oh, yeah. Clearly someone's got the information and they're making someone else pay. And they're like, can you track these Cayman Island accounts with your computer? And she hits a few keys. Boom. Done. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, there's a transfer going through to this account in the Cayman Islands right now. Can you tell me who it is? Oh, yeah. One second. Oh, it's it's Cardoza. Oh, we got him. Crushing it. And at the same time, the DEA guy comes in and he's all like, I'm really worried about our DEA agent. She's one of our best. She's undercover with Cardoza and she's missed her check-in two days in a row. I would think after the first check-in, it's sort of like red alert. After the second check-in she's missed, she's either dead or you should send some money in to fix everything. <laughs> then Walker's like, well, if she misses her third one, give me a call. And he's like, okay, I will. And then we flash to the DEA agent modeling her bikini to Cardoza. And this is like an extreme 90s bikini. It's not the highest waist I've seen, but it's pretty intense. I mean, let's just say you can see why this guy says that she's their best agent. (laughs) She put the work in. This is where we realize that the DEA agent is actually the woman who's been hanging with Cardoza. And you're a good actor if the audience doesn't already know that you're bad or good. So, got to give her oh, props sure. there. Yeah. Although, you know, at this point, it clicks and you're like, wow, she was asking questions before. Normally, when a bad guy has, like, women lying around, they don't have speaking parts. Like, we better make her ask a few questions. Cardoza sees her hanging out in her two-piece and he's like, for someone who hates water foreshadowing here you sure wear a lot of bikinis why is he complaining yeah really i don't know he is a bad guy so at that point he gets a call on his mobile phone from the chairman and the chairman says your money came in so i'm gonna give you your info now so he decides to take the call inside maybe the reception was better it's 2000 i don't know that was a zoom call wasn't it i think it was a zoom call that's right right. so that's how she had time to change out of her bikini and and change into clothes and get in her car he had to dial into the internet and call it yeah she kind of could sense something was wrong though right yeah she knew the gig was up i don't know how honestly because he'd been taking calls for a long time so yeah anyways the chairman tells cardoza that once again you assume that the sleeper agent was a guy. It's not. It's the only woman in your house. And Cardoza's like, oh man, I gotta take care of this. At which point we realize that Cardoza now has Lazarus working for him? Mm. Why? Because Lazarus is awesome and he's very efficient. Lazarus is great, but <laughs> I guess Lazarus is double dipping. He's working as a henchman for the chairman and for Cardoza. Maybe Cardoza told the chairman, okay, yeah, bring in Lazarus. 
And they just happened to be like around the corner. He just popped in. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a job interview or something. The chairman literally told his computer lackey and living boyfriend, Wallace Slauson. Wallace was like, hey, you know, we just got paid by Cardoza. Should I send him the information? And he's like, oh, let's let's let him sweat it out a little bit. The chairman's like, okay, you know what, Lazarus? We're about to give him this information. Why don't you go pull up front? And once you give him the information, we'll let you take out the hit. Because we don't want our clients getting their fingers dirty. That's true. That's exactly what happened. Don't you dare think that Lazarus is going to break his contract. He's one of the best. <laughs> he's he's one, certainly one of the creepiest. <laughs> he's so awesome. At, at this point, we realize that Agent Clarkson, that's her name, her cover has been blown. And that's no good for her, obviously. And so they bring her back into the house. And Cardoza's like, I'm really disappointed that you've been lying to me. We're going to have to take you out. And he's like, Lazarus, please take her out. And take her out as slowly as possible. <laughs> and, and Lazarus goes, okay, what's her deepest fear? Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. And he's like, well, you know, she doesn't really like water that much. And he's like, all right, let's get on the boat. <laughs> and their backyard apparently is right up to the docks, right? Oh, for sure. This is at the same period of time that Walker's got the red alert. The DE agent called him and is like, hey, man, Agent Clarkson's still not calling in. Send in the cavalry. Let's go bust up Cardoza's place. So they send in not one, but two <laughs> helicopters Why full not? of rangers. I mean, you paid for it for the episode. You better use those suckers. I did notice in the earlier scene when Walker and Trevet are cruising in that that was a pretty vanilla clip of them in the helicopter mm. they could have used that again yeah so they decided to say oh the helicopter with gage and sydney you go to cordoza's compound and get all the goons there and walker he's in another chopper and he goes after cordoza lazarus and the kidnapped dea agent who they're planning on uh drowning because did they put a cinder block on their feet or what do they do they tie yeah. her wrist to a cinder block is that i believe it's an anchor kind of like an italian sleeps with the fishes situation here cardoza special so uh what's the uh, boat named bob i'm looking for it i don't remember what it was we'll let you pull it up i think when it first rips out it's the only time you see it <laughs> <laughs> i miss that that's what the boat is called hammer time <laughs> well you know i mean they don't always get the newest boats you know a 10 year old boat is still a boat that's I mean, true. We yeah. established that they got like a 15-year-old Lamborghini for one shot in an episode previous. So. <laughs> it's still a Lamborghini. So they peel out in the hammer time, uh, just in just in time to just in time to be pursued by uh, Walker Trevet and Detective Rossetti from New York. Oh yeah. And they are in hot pursuit of this boat. At which point Cardoza's like, "Oh, they're onto us! Throw her in!" Lazarus tosses the DEA agent over the side of the boat. And this is a river, right? Yeah, it's like a bay or something. It's probably yeah. a reservoir. It's Texas. It was a huge body of water, was it not? Yeah, it's a big lake. Anyway, it was pretty big. And they toss her out over the side of the boat. Lazarus doing the honors and, uh, and feeding her to her fear. Which, I mean, again evil man but he did it with expert precision so she's just plummeting to the bottom of this reservoir and walker has to choose do i go after cardoza and lazarus in the hammer time or do i <laughs> save the dea agent who is being plummeted to the bottom of this reservoir with the cinder block tied to her hands so he takes a knife out dies out of the helicopter 
into the water and swims to the bottom in probably the clearest water I've ever seen that deep. It's very clear. <laughs> and he's able to find her right as she hits the bottom because they show like the cinder block hit the bottom and she's kind of like trying to get free. He cuts her rope and then brings her back to the top of the water. While he's getting her out of the water, Trevette and Rossetti continue to pursue the hammer time from their helicopter. They exchange so much gunfire, it's kind of ridiculous that (laughs) nobody is tagged. Like, no one. Nothing. Or nobody runs out of ammo, either. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's just, like, back and forth. Handguns, handguns. And honestly, this is maybe the most accurate part of the show. Because I really don't think handguns are, like... Like, Walker uses the super shot to, like bullseye things from like 400 feet away but i really don't think like a handgun is really accurate after like 30 feet so if these people are in a helicopter and a boat respectively exchanging gunfire back and forth i guess it makes sense that they're not going to hit each other because why would they Mm. after some serious exchange of gunfire trevette lucks out and tags the guy who's driving the hammer time (laughs) that is all it took to stop Hammer time. <laughs> oh. oh. That was too uh, legit, man. Too legit. It is very legit. Coincidentally, the hammer time then careened into a gas station on the water <laughs> and explodes. Yeah. And this is about the time of the episode where I'm like, oh, man, they better get to the chairman fast. But anyway, so the hammer time blows up. And you're like, oh, well, I guess that's it, you know. While that's happening, uh, Gage and Sydney are ninja kicking people at the compound uh, <laughs> and eventually take everyone out. And the DEA guy comes in and he's like, <laughs> he says, he says rather flatly, Walker jumped out of a helicopter and <laughs> dove in after Agent Clarkson. And they're like, okay, we know what that means as sidekicks. Yeah, we we got to get a boat and go find him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it was cut. Yeah, he did say it so flat. It was like, again, it happens every day. And yeah, that was the directive. Oh, I guess we need to go pick up Walker, who's treading water while holding on to this DEA agent. They pick him up, and we think that Trevat and uh, Rossetti and co. took out the hammer time to took out Cardoza. But you clip to a scene and you see Lazarus <laughs> rise from the dead. <laughs> now he's got some battle scars and he's very wet, but he looks full of resolve and he's ready to kick some butt. And then what happens? And then it's to be continued. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, this show is predicated on watching Walker Texas Ranger episodes in random order. What are we going to do? Well, the only thing we can do, really. I guess we're going to have to keep watching. Oh, Let my. it ride. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad because Lazarus is probably one of my favorite villains thus far. Even though he probably didn't have that much screen time, he made the most of it with that montage. So, <laughs> um, That did yeah. set him up as quite the villain. I really like the chairman, too. I think he's way overqualified for this role. <laughs> For sure. He's such a good actor, I think. Like, so much better than everybody else that he kind of makes himself bad on purpose. That's kind of what I was feeling in this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's just such a good bad guy. Yeah, he was like, ah, this could have been an episode of Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman, but I chose Walker, (laughs) Texas Ranger instead. Dude, I think he chose right. Well, that about sums up the episode. When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate the winds of change on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face. Resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode rating. 
complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. Welcome back. <laughs> well, Adam, what did you think about this episode? You seem pretty high on Lazarus. Man, I gotta say, it's a late season episode of Walker, and we had Walker and Trevette crash into a building through the window and kick some ass off the bat, and it ended with Walker in a helicopter diving into a reservoir with a knife and swimming to the bottom and saving a damsel in distress. On top of that, they had two awesome villains, Lazarus being really creepy and unexplainably awesome. I'm giving this episode an eight. Wow, all right. That's some pretty high praise there. How about you, Bob? Uh, I'm almost there. Uh, I, I was giving this one a seven. It really is only because of Gage and Sydney's taking up the time. And it was kind of crazy. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of back and forth between different scenes. And yeah, you know, that was my only problem with it. But yeah, I mean, so much chopper action. <laughs> it's just, you know, explosions were good. Uh, yeah. Sound effects were outstanding. The music at the beginning, I was like, ah, "What is going on?" The sound, like the music at the beginning, sounded like CSI or something. But by you know halfway through, right to the end, the music really just killed it. It so. degraded back to its roots. They had the yeah. uh, kind of quasi blues guitar direct into a mixer. The tom rolls came back near the end, and then the kind of late period gospel uh, uh, orgasm, <laughs> exactly <laughs> into like a ton of reverb. I mean. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely surpassed my expectations. I came into this thinking, you know, season nine, you know, the final season, you see like Walker place like a gross wet kiss and some really awkward romantic encounter with Alex. And I'm like, man, this guy is like past his prime. But no, they smash through a window with no safety harnesses or anything from a helicopter. And he does like all these roundhouse kicks and stuff and smashed some dude into a into a conference table. I'm like, okay, all yeah. right. But honestly, like right off the bat, just seeing the dude from Total Recall as the bad guy, I was kind (laughs) of in it right then. During the credits, you know, you see all those scenes of all the action that happens in the episodes. Sydney jumps off of a wall as part of her title credit sequence. And that's in this episode. Walker (laughs) dives off of a helicopter into the water in the title sequence that's in this episode so there's like there's clearly some great action in this and you pair that with crazy bad guys including lazarus who i wasn't sold on until that montage and i was like okay this guy's like super bad news and he's like he's like covered in weapons too for no reason and then at the end when he's like what's her deepest fear Like, who is this guy? Oh, man. So, I don't know. I mean, I wish there were more roundhouse kicks uh, and more, like, fights and stuff. But, I don't know. I give this episode a 7. For a newer episode, it's pretty darn good. So, that gives this episode a roundhouse rating of 7.3 repeating boots to the face. Ah! And I do mean repeating because we know how they edit on the show. Over and over and over again. Well, suffice it to say, the helicopter budget for this episode was sky high. Normally, we'd spin our trusty roundhouse roulette wheel to select next week's episode. But in the face of a to-be-continued, we hope you'll join us next week when we share our reaction to Season 9, Episode 6. Ready for it? <laughs> Lazarus! Yeah. He rises again! <laughs> Which suggests that Walker will be trading blows with uh, Ra's al Ghul, or more likely, the chairman's devious assassin, Lazarus. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, share your opinions with us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Roundhouse Roulette, and on Twitter at, at Roundhouse Pod. 
And feel free to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, may the eyes of the ranger be upon you. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Oh, cause that's where the ranger's gonna be.